You are listening to the Lang and Skim of It podcast, providing the long and short of sports and entertainment news for the casual fan. Now, here are your hosts, Devin Lang and Wes Skim. Hey, it's Devin and Wes. Welcome back to uh, our show. The 21st of September is the day it is when you are listening to this, even though we're recording it on Sunday. Um, anyway, that's the, the worst open I've ever done. Devin, uh, what, what's your news for sports? Let's see if I can do the worst open I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it's more bad news. I feel like since we've been doing this, we're kind of on a roll with bad news, bad people being exploited. But when you do in-depth into some of these topics, that's just what you get. So <clears throat> majority owner of the NBA team, the Phoenix Suns. And the WNBA team, the Phoenix Mercury, Robert Sarver, has been fined $10 million and has been suspended for one year from both teams due to workplace misconduct and organizational deficiencies found during an NBA investigation. The investigation launched when there were reports of Sarver making sexist and misogynistic comments and creating a toxic workplace. So the 10-month investigation concluded that Sarver was indeed using racist and sexual language, bullying, and even sending pornographic emails to colleagues. Since then, there have been players, other C-suite executives, and even sponsorships as PayPal saying that if he gets reinstated after the one-year suspension that they are going to boycott, cancel the sponsorship, do whatever they have within their power in order to stand up for what they believe in. Right. Stand up for him not being yeah, able to wanna, come back. You don't want to be attached to any of that. Um, my goodness. And it's like you hear that $10 million fine part, and you're like, whoa, $10 million. That's so much. But to right. to someone like that, that's probably like chump change. Chump you know? change. I don't, know, I don't know what his salary is or how much he has, but that's... Like, I feel like it should be more. <laughs> yes. I, I know he purchased one of the two teams for $401 million. Oh, he so, bought a team. Yeah, yeah, he's majority owner of two different teams, an NBA team and a WNBA team. Now, I, I know that you don't drop all of that at once. <laughs> yeah. But you have that much, so, like you said. Yeah, you kind of, like, invest in it, and then it's, like, payments uh, uh, on a... Uh, a schedule, probably. Yeah, so that amount that is the fine could very well be the equivalent of one of the payments. So, do like you think? Do you think he won't be like uh, the owner anymore? Do you think he's going to have to sell it? I do. I think whoever else is involved right now, hopefully, they have the resources and the power in order to buy him out and kind of get things on the right track. I other. I also think that there's other executives that could break their way into this situation there's also other powerful people with a lot of money there's there's been a few teams that have been sold recently uh, the most recent i can think of is the denver broncos was bought by investors and owners in walmart oh so they they have lots of resources and money to make that large of a purchase because i mean it's it's hundreds of millions of dollars so, yeah, those teams are expensive, but they bring in a lot of money, too. <laughs> yes, know? they do. So I, I think there's wa- there's ways to get this resolved with other investors, other executives, and it seems to me that this is the best course of action. Yeah, for it, him to just never be involved again. Yes. So that's going to be a collaborative effort. That's something that the NBA commissioner adam silver was not able to do at this time because as we've discussed before with Desiree watson and other back and forth kind of um what do you say negotiations of what a suspension should be what a fine should be it's it's two people going back and forth back and forth they both have power to their own degree so while i think a lot of people are in agreement that some of these people should maybe never return to their respective field it's not always that easy right yeah usually you get people who like can still do things and while other people might like not associate with them anymore 
the fact that they're even still allowed to work in the field or do what they're doing just seems weird, you know? It doesn't seem like that should be allowed. You've already shown that you're not a trustworthy person. Yes, and then the duration of some of these, if it takes place for a long time, it's like you're wondering to yourself, is a year away or is this many games away really going to correct the action? Is a fine really going to correct the action? Mm -hmm. I mean... Publicity-wise, for some people, they see that, they hear that. That might be okay for some. For others, not quite enough. You can't make everybody happy with these decisions, but I, I think back and wonder if, yeah, if this is going to make a change in the person. Because if this is something they've been doing for a year, five years, ten years, however long it's been taking place, is this enough of a punishment to really get them to recorrect or correct their actions i guess we'll just have to wait and see <laughs> yeah I mean, it's enough of a i don't know <clears throat> enough of a push in at least the right direction but some people just never change you know yes dropping a sponsor that that would be huge so paypal being a sponsor them dropping i don't know who would then pick up as a sponsor if he were to come back that's another thing and all the nba teams have sponsors at the moment they have the sponsorship on the jersey right there's a lot of commercials during the games so, so it's, if it's something that doesn't you have any sponsors you're not gonna get <laughs> anything like you would have to have one i i don't know of any that yeah don't. i don't yeah i don't <laughs> see how you would even be able to like get the resources or have a, a decent um pay for your your members and everything because that's that's where all the the money comes from is those sponsors and yes. your patrons and so on. But like, even the patrons might stop coming in for something like that, you know? Very well, they could. Yes, I keep bringing it back to Watson in the NFL for the Browns, wondering what it has done to fandom there, and also the league overall. What has it done to fandom? And it's a case by case. Depends on how serious people are taking it but it's definitely something that's going to be in the news for the next few weeks there's going to be new developments coming out new people speaking out probably daily right so it's it's going to be something that we're hearing about for a while so certainly had to address it mm -hmm. for sure and then one more thing that i have to address since we are a huge tennis podcast <laughs> is roger federer announcing that he intends to retire so just a few weeks after serena williams announced her intent to retire another tennis legend announced that he is doing so after the labor cup which is taking place september 23rd and into that weekend he stated injuries and surgeries is the reason for his retirement he will finish his career with 20 Grand Slam titles, which is the third most in male tennis. So with that being said, now with Roger Federer retiring, Serena Williams retiring a couple weeks or announcing the retirements a, a couple weeks ago, in both men's and women's tennis, there is going to be a shift. So these 21, 22, however old, up-and-comers in both of these fields are going to be the main focus right you know, we have a, a change a shift happening we see the greats retiring and then we see up-and-comers starting to get better and better every single tournament yeah just kind of shifting over i mean that's that's good that's good to have that cycle it's just interesting to see in our lifetime because we, yes. we haven't seen something like that big of a scale in a while of of big names just retiring you know they've, right. they've been around our entire our entire life i would say tennis yeah the only thing i can think of bringing it back to you know i'm, I'm learning you're you're telling me things about actors so my observation would be steve martin retiring and now if tom, he does yeah. yes and, <laughs> and tom holland being in every movie ever <laughs> is right. kind of well i think the tom shift. holland even said um semi recently i don't i don't know if this was true or not that that he was looking at not playing spider-man anymore oh really yeah it, it's weird because marvel 
you think about it and you're like, oh, you know, the MCU hasn't been around that long. Like, it's weird that they're they're shifting over and all these people aren't in it anymore. Well, it has been around since, like, what, 2002, I think, with the, the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man were around that time. Okay. So, it's... It has been a long time, and it is time in 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 the uh, series for a new team to take over. We can't just do the Avengers for twenty years; <laughs> yeah. people will get bored. And and they're still kind of doing Avengers because throughout Marvel history, the Avengers team changes and swaps out, and then there's like the New Avengers or the the Dark Avengers, and so on and so forth. There's a bunch of different iterations of it, so they can make movies forever. But you yeah. can't have the same person playing a role forever. Yes, I think you need to do a new adaptation. That's similar to you wouldn't want to see Roger Federer, Serena Williams, playing at the age of 55. Right, and you don't want to see uh, Daniel Radcliffe playing Harry Potter still at the age of 60. Like, Yeah. You get tired of some things, and not to say that like you get tired of seeing sports players play and stuff, but like they need to move on and do other things too. And when they get older, they can't really do sports anymore we talked about so right yes it's it's good for both parties in this instance he said injuries surgeries he's had a lot of them over his career based on his age it's just finally time to close the curtain hang him up as they say yeah it's a natural cycle absolutely good all right that's what i yeah there's a few other short ones i have a lot of NFL players are getting fines for <laughs> the way that they're wearing their pants above their knee or their socks not up to their knee, whatever it may be. They get fined $10,000 or so. So I, I don't know if any... I think I've heard about <laughs> fines like that in the past and they just keep doing it because they're like, ah, whatever. $10,000 wearing my socks wrong per game? Yeah, whatever. But like to us, that's a life-changing amount of money. Yes. I would it, like be apologizing profusely and be like, I'd never do it again. <laughs> I know. That, that amount, you know, the millions that they get changes perspective a bit. But I, I would still, I think I'd be a penny pincher <laughs> still. Because it, it takes so much hard work in order to earn that much. You right. hadn't always earned that much, so I would want to hold on to as much of it and do things to prevent losing it in such a silly way. But it is just that it is silly. Maybe some of their cleats, you know, if they have designs, they get fined. I mean, it's it's maybe they could build the new uh, Arlington Heights Stadium on those <laughs> fines instead of our taxes. That'd be nice. <laughs> they, they could. The NFL collects a lot of them. Now, I'd have to do more research to see what they go to. Yeah, we should see like what the <laughs> what the average yearly income for the NFL is based on fines alone. I'm sure it's a lot. <laughs> There's some that make sense. If, if you do a hit that they deem unnecessary roughness, right, so you do one sense. that could potentially hurt somebody either it did on that play maybe it didn't which is a good thing but there's fines for that which makes a little bit more sense the way they wear their socks and what is on their cleats i don't think fans care even a little bit yeah i don't know if that's i don't i can't even think of any safety things that that would be applied to it's mostly the kickers that were wearing their pants in this particular way like i said above the knee and that's because they're taking long strides they're lifting i mean the punters lift their legs it looks like above their head right when they're punting the football so you don't really want your pants to be covering your covering your knee, your knee when you're you're bending your knee for your kicks and for your yeah for your kicks you are and yeah it just sounds like an unnecessarily <laughs> strict rule it's it's interesting i i didn't know if there was something similar in terms of i don't even TV know in tv film. or movies I guess I would say if they weren't wearing what they're supposed to be wearing, then well, you mean, really then wouldn't have wouldn't the end product. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they would just say, go put the right thing on. That's true. I guess the, the main point where fines like that would come in is when people don't follow safety um, safety parameters on film sets. So like, if you don't have a fight choreographer when you're doing uh, stunt stuff, okay. or if you don't have an intimacy <clears throat> choreographer, I don't know if that one so much has one. But like... Prop masters not checking prop guns has happened in the past. It happened last year. 
mm-hmm. um, and movies like and with COVID and everything, if you didn't have yeah. uh, someone checking and making sure that everyone was up to date with vaccinations or was tested, then I think there were fines for that for safety. But there's also a lot of fines for like live things, so okay. the news, oh. um, radio broadcasting, live bits of media. If you slip the tongue and you say something inappropriate, you'll probably get a fine. Right. Um, if you produce something in the wrong way, you'll get a fine. So there, there are strict rules in, in media as well. Yeah. It's just easier to work around them. Because you're not going to stop a game and be like, fix your socks. That's what I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. In these instances where they're getting fined, it's already too late. Right. Yeah, the commissioner is not going to... I mean, he. He's at whatever game he's at, or maybe he's not any of them at all. But he's not going to go there and, like you said, and address somebody right. <laughs> at that moment. They're gonna like and then throw a flag and be like, "Hey, fix your socks, or we're stopping the game." <laughs> and then same thing with some of these movies or TV shows. Maybe they hear about something after the fact. It's already too late, but you still want to take a course of action with this. So fine mm-hmm. is the way to go. Right. So yeah, those are. A couple of things. There's others, of course. There's other news that took place, but it's now on to you. Uh, yeah, we're moving on to TV entertainment, yes. movie, media news. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have too much, actually. There's there's not a lot going on, but I did say last week that the Emmys were happening, and they did happen. Uh, there were quite a lot of awards given, and uh, to some well-deserved, hard-working actors, producers, writers, directors, so on and so forth... For TV. So again, the Emmys are specifically for like TV and like uh, television media. But the Creative Arts Emmys that we talked about is also for like other broadcasting sort of things like AR and uh, voiceover are often included as well. Um, But there were a couple different Emmy wins for like Ted Lasso, Abbott Elementary took a couple. Zendaya won one uh, for her role in Euphoria. Succession won quite a few. The White Lotus, Squid Game. So it's like, you see all these like titles come up and you're like, oh yeah, that was last year, wasn't it? Because Squid Game, yeah. I saw that one. I was like, I swear that was two years ago. That's true. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. Lizzo is now halfway to an EGOT, as we were talking about. The, okay. Um, and what's funny, I forgot to mention this last week, was... Uh, um, Eminem is one award away from an EGOT. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, all, all he would need is a Tony. So if we put Eminem on stage in a Broadway show, maybe we can get him an EGOT. Because I think it'd be hilarious for Eminem to have one. Now, in terms of voting, let's say somebody is one away from an EGOT. Do you think that changes the voting a bit? Or do you um, think that they're still voting as though they would? I don't think that really changes the voting the the thing about the academy and like the oscars is probably one of the the worst of all of them but like every single award show has a specific voting party or academy who yes. votes and it's a lot of people who have been in there forever and a lot of people who haven't even done anything in that media forever right so like with the academy one of the the ones that I always joke about because I was just like, why is he on the Academy? Was Meatloaf. Oh, okay. Meatloaf <laughs> was in the Academy. And you think about Meatloaf, you're like, he was in like two movies. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know why he was in the Academy. But then there's other, like, uh, George Lucas declined to be in the Academy. Gotcha. I think uh, Steven Spielberg might have been in it for a bit. I don't I don't remember. But there's, there's like a cycle. But some people... <laughs> They're, like, super old. They don't even watch all the movies or shows. So it's like, how do you vote on something if you're not going to watch all the people nominated? Yeah, um, sh- it should be current. Not right, so there's there's a lot of favoritism. There's a lot of bias. Um, when someone has an uh, something that they believe could win an award, they campaign uh, for it. They call it, like, an Oscars campaign. Okay. So, like, Weird Al wrote an original song for the uh, movie that's coming out. And he could win his first Oscar is uh, what a bunch of uh, articles are saying if he starts an Oscar campaign for that song, for best original song. So there's a lot of awards and a lot of like 
people on on the boards who just like i don't know and then politics it's, it within. makes you yeah, yeah politics within that makes you wonder like how fair is this award show anyway but the emmys usually are pretty good you watch it and you're like okay these that all makes sense good um so, th- so that's good but the oscars like sometimes you're surprised by some of the winners every year but other ones you're not you know everyone works really hard on the art that they create when it comes to tv and film of course so it's like you want to see people win either way and it's like cool to see them get recognized but sometimes a movie wins like the green book and it's like why did they win (laughs) when you're looking at all this other stuff that could have won yeah i guess when you see the nominations and you're putting them all up against each other essentially you you see the field and you're like wow this is yeah this is a lot of great ones it could go any which way right and sometimes like you're surprised by it because the movie itself was bad like terrible and you're like how did they win an oscar but then you see what they won it for you're like okay that actually makes really good sense because that part of it was really awesome yeah like with suicide squad they have an oscar Okay. They, they won an Oscar. And Suicide Squad is a terrible movie. <laughs> but they won for makeup. Hair and makeup. That makes sense. Because if you're looking at like all the, the costumes... I mean, superhero movies are great for hair and makeup if yes. they don't use CGI. What they did for... Um, I think it was Killer Croc was the character. They... All of his scales and everything, that was all makeup. It wow. wasn't CGI on. They, they did makeup and everything. <clears throat> they did practical effects... Which is awesome. It's like, okay, then they that deserves an Oscar, the person who worked on the hair and makeup for that. Yeah. So that makes sense. But for sure. There are times where it's just like, eh. Are there ever when it comes to award shows for sports, I mean, obviously you win something when you win all the games and go all the way to the end, but are there like <clears throat> award shows for athletes and uh coaches and all that, that that are widely broadcast like these actor ones? Yeah, the ESPYs, so the ESPN awards for all the sports, they do that once a year, and then they do ones within each sport. It's not really an award ceremony, but they offer most valuable player, offensive, defensive players, most improved, uh, comeback of player of the year, which is based on some stories, there's some pretty cool ones, and then obviously each sport has their own Hall of Fame which, which, what you were saying, where you're talking about people that have had votes for a long time and vote a certain way and always vote that way, there's some of that in baseball. And I think a little bit in the NFL, too. Probably in every single sport, but right. I feel like I most notably hear about it in baseball. That's because there were some players that should have gotten in. There were some, in that era of players, some issues, let's just say the least with steroids and stuff right so players that were performing better than players have ever performed are not in the hall of fame and that's because some of the people that have votes are looking out for the integrity of the game where fans are thinking okay i watched these and these guys should be a part of the history of the game they should be recognized you shouldn't just brush it under the rug okay that era had Lots of problems with players using steroids and other performance-enhancing substances, but it's still a part. It's something that happened. They performed very well, very well, and it's something that should at least be addressed one way or another. But right. some of the it people that like, write, sounds like that's a rough one. Yeah, some of the people that write and have votes just want it to be glossed over. And now I think so much time has passed to where I don't think those players are now eligible to be in the hall of fame anymore i believe that's what it is but yeah the sbs that's sports wide that's similar an event where people are given speeches and same thing you people Awards, disagree with about who who yeah. should have got something but that's like i said when you compare the field and then obviously when you have fandom if you liked a movie so much and you didn't care for others, or if you like a player so much and you don't care for others, that's who you want to have win. Right. And you can't make it. There's no 100% everybody agrees that this is who it should be or this is what it should be. You're never going to get that with these, especially with such high caliber films, TV shows, players. 
Right. Not gonna that happen. makes sense. Yeah. 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 I just, I guess I've never really followed it. So that's probably why I didn't know that there was an award. The ESPYs does sound familiar now that you're bringing it mm-hmm. up, though. Uh, one thing I would say happens is they do awards for NBA, NFL, etc. before the like the middle of the playoffs pretty much. Okay. So they base it mostly off regular season and there's people that either agree or disagree whether what you do in the postseason, so the playoffs, if that should also affect the regular season, mostly the MVP right. award, if it should or shouldn't. Some people say it should, which I kind of agree with, and then others don't because you could be the best player on your team which means, I mean, you're going to have the greatest stats, but your team might not do that well. They might not even make the playoffs, but you could get the MVP. Some people don't think that that's quite fair. It should be a player that plays well and their team also plays well, and that kind of right. coincides. Yeah, that all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> never going to get a perfect award show, even in high school or the school systems in college. Like, any awards given, there's... It's it's hard. It's hard to give an award. It's hard to vote on an award. And it's hard to do so in a way that everyone involved is happy. Right. So that, that all makes sense. I think we should just shift the podcast to getting mad about award shows <laughs> <laughs> and who we think we should have won. Right. We should just <laughs> make a podcast that is an award show where we award people that we think should have won things. I mean, we kind of do that amongst ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you think that's about true. it. <laughs> and then the last bit of news I have for um, the TV, film, media, acting world. Uh, it's kind of big. It's it's about Broadway, though. Okay. But Phantom of the Opera uh, is the longest-running show on Broadway with 35 years of shows. Wow. And it is closing next year in February. Really? So it is interesting to see... Um, the longest running show, something that everyone's always like, oh, Phantom of the Opera, we know that. Like, even people yes. who don't know theater know Phantom of the I know Opera. It. Um, they heard might not it. know the show, but you've yes. heard of it. You know that, that, oh, yeah, that's a Broadway musical. Yep. Uh, it's like the face of Broadway, if you ask me. I would say. And it is it is closing after 35 years. Um, so, you know, congrats to all the teams who have ever put it on on Broadway, all the actors who have ever been involved, the different directors. Um when when it comes to Broadway, um, the it rotates out. Yeah. So obviously it, it's not the same crew for the last thirty five years. Yes, yeah, they I rotate understand. out the actors, the crew, the directors, and such. But it's like they're still doing that show. Yeah, each year. So there's a few shows that have been on Broadway for a while, but they try to rotate them out, get some new new shows and um, some off Broadway shows. Sometimes make it onto Broadway. Uh, Broadway shows usually go on tour and go around the country. So it's right. like Broadway is like, you know, the gold standard of what it means to, to have a, a solid, successful show. Yeah. The, yeah, there's a couple other I can think of. I'm sure they've also been running for a long time. How, how about Wicked? Is, Wicked's w- been Wicked's on for a while. Long? I don't know exactly how long, mm-hmm. but Wicked's been a, a big one as well. That's one that a lot of people go over there for. Hamilton yeah. was huge right. for a while. Um, let's see, Lion King. That was right. a big one. Um, but I mean, I can list them for for a while. But sometimes shows are only on Broadway for like five years. That's interesting. I mean, if people clamor for it, if it's something to where you're excited for it to be in town, or if you're out there and it's happening while you're there, I mean. That's such a main attraction, in my opinion. It's it is interesting that well, it's kind of like being phased out. It's like with sports games. Like you yeah. could pay, like I don't know, like twenty bucks for a ticket to go see your your college game, or sometimes forty bucks depending on the college. Yeah. Or you could go see the the big NFL game at Soldier Field for three hundred, four hundred dollars. And yeah. Broadway is kind of the same way. Like you could see that show at say like. Your, your community theater for 20 bucks, but Broadway is like Broadway, and it's yes. $300 for a seat. Prestigious, and, yes. Yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous how they price it, <clears throat> so it's very similar in that, that regard, that because it's professional, they're able to raise the prices more so, so it's, it's not as accessible to all audiences, but like 
it's still a staple in the theater world. Definitely. Another thing, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of entertainment, maybe you'll know a little bit about this more than I do, would be uh, comedy venues or comedy clubs. There are some that have such a high prestige in comparison to others. Right. So if you see a comedian, they're going on tour, like you said, maybe they come to a certain venue that's cheaper tickets, but if they go to the main ones, like, I, I don't know, Laugh Factory or whatever ones are prestigious in that, you know, sector of entertainment, it's a lot more yeah, than more it is. Yeah, be more based on the venue, too. Yes. But that has more to do with who's on tour and less to do with the, the same shows, you know, year after year after year or whatever the cycles are. So, yeah, that's I'm, I'm very surprised by that. I'm sure s- schools will still be doing them for... Oh, for sure. <laughs> for forever. I mean, it's harder for schools to do them. Maybe, like, some high schools, but colleges and uh, community theaters and, like, semi-professional theaters, like the Paramount and all that, will we'll definitely still be putting it on. Just because yep. it's off-Broadway doesn't mean it's done. Oh, I know that. Yeah. So, there's still opportunities for people to see it, and... I think that's good for those that are trying to kind of break in. And, you know, that's something that you can't see some of the best of the best do on Broadway. But for you as a high school or college student that is maybe a young prospect in that, then someone getting the opportunity to see that in the first time for a long time, then that, that could change some people's perspectives and be good for those people that have worked hard on that. For sure, for sure. So there's always a silver lining, I suppose. Yes, always. And that is it for news from me this week. Hopefully we get some more, because I feel like the last few weeks have been really slow for me, specifically. I know that it's your season right now for all sorts of different things, but yeah, it's just been a lull. And I barely even talked about football. I mean, I will later on in this show, a little foreshadowing, but... Yeah, there, there's just a few things going on. I mean, tennis and golf, since it's nice weather, that's the, that's going on. It's, yeah, fall's a good time. Yeah. Fall, would, some would say the best time, because that's right when football starts. So. <laughs> All righty, and I think we're ready to move on from news then. We're going to go on to our segment of the week, which Poster, is post-game analysis, yeah. folks. We had a football game take place football. this week. Yes, we had a nail-biter. We had a game that the team almost came back, but they lost. They scored 24 points, and the winning team scored 27 points. Very mm, close Yeah, one. it was very close. So who was the one that came out on top, and who was the one that fell just a little short? Well, you've got two very, very popular teams. Um... And while some might not always associate these teams with football specifically, there's still very, very uh, strong players on the team that, you know, they're versatile. They can play all sorts of different things. Right. So you've got uh, the Mighty Ducks versus the Toon Squad. <laughs> and the Mighty Ducks just pulled through this time. That's good. They pulled yeah. through. The Mighty Ducks, they sure did. So. Both of these teams, they're going to play at least one more time, if not another, going into the playoffs. Um, but these teams just have such great quarterbacks. I think that oh, was yeah. why leading up to the game, people were saying it was going to be so awesome. It was going to, out of all the games that are taking place this week, there was going to be the most points scored in this one. And it's because of the unbelievable talent at quarterback. So who is the quarterback? for the Mighty Ducks and who is the quarterback for the Toon Squad. Oh, the Mighty Ducks? I'm I'm surprised you don't know this. The <laughs> the Mighty Ducks quarterback is Detective John Kimball. And oh. <laughs> he's really good at handling the kindergarten classroom, but he's even better at handling the ball on the field. He got all oh. sorts of yardage and he was just, just going and going. In a game like this, it's all about yardage. It really and he is. got the yards. Yeah, two hundred and thirty five of them to be exact. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, Toon Squad trying to make a comeback. Very talented, young, up-and-comer. Very surprised with you know, how he's performed early on. So 334 yards. Very impressive yeah. for 
the he, quarterback. He passed him up on on yards, but it wasn't enough to get him through. And yes. he just needs to he needs to keep it moving. It could likely be because he doesn't have as much holding him down. Uh, he doesn't have as much clothes on. Uh, Captain Underpants. Is, <laughs> he he's great when it comes to agility, just because he doesn't have to worry about you know the the different clothing getting uh, caught in the wind or or getting dirty or whatever. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. All he's got is his cape and his underwear, and he's good. Yeah. So he was feeding one wide receiver in particular the ball. Pretty much all game. They, the defense did not have an answer. And they should have known who the ball was going to. Because one of their wide receivers was injured and out for the game. So the typical second target was now the first target. And he had 113 yards in the touchdown. Who was this again? This, this uh, Just to confirm, Toon Squad, right? Yes, Toon Squad, just, yes. Just want yeah, to make kept sure it underpants, yeah, just kept it underpants. Feeding just him. Just kept feeding, feeding him. him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that, of course, was Mr. Crocker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why he kept feeding Mr. Crocker. Maybe it's because he just seemed like he had all the energy in the world uh, when he's hopping around screaming about fairy godparents. But that's, <laughs> like, he's he's excited, yes, but not about the right thing. Yeah. He was not the right person to feed. <laughs> his, his head was not in the game. That's the thing about Crocker, I would say, is... One game, he'll have over 100 yards, maybe one touchdown, maybe two touchdowns. He'll have a terrific game, and then the next game, nothing. So I think, like you said, it's all about if he's up for the moment, if he's up for the challenge, or if his mind is elsewhere. But today, he was up for the challenge, his mind was on football, had a terrific game, and his team needed him. They fell just a little short. Uh, I would say the shortcomings for the Toon Squad... And we'll, we'll get into uh, the winning side. But for the Toon Squad was the offensive line. So I'd say specifically the t- offensive tackle who inevitably missed a block and let Captain Underpants take a, a big shot late in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so who was this offensive tackle that was struggling to block for runs and for passes the offensive tackle um groundskeeper willie while he's a very aggressive man and he's usually really on top of blocking things i think he was just really um distracted by the keeping of the field he he was more focused on what was wrong with the field than what was wrong with his own plays so uh it's it's it was sad to see him uh fall through like that but i think he can definitely pull through in the next game um but you know willie willie's willie he's strong Uh he's good right i agree and you can't blame it on somebody's deficiencies or bad game completely you got to give the flowers to the players that played really well so if there's an offensive lineman that you think let somebody in it may have also been that the defensive linemen on the Mighty Ducks were just having a great game and a great day. So who's the defensive lineman for the Mighty Ducks that was just causing such havoc for Captain Underpants? Oh, Mr. Garvey. <laughs> Mr. Garvey, the substitute teacher. He was all over it. While usually the team tries to stick to you know playing like full professionals that are in the classroom every day, uh, they were like, you know what? Let's throw in Garvey and let's see how he does. And he was he was a machine. Mm-hmm. He was using that energy. He had that anger. You know? He was like, uh Captain underpaints. I I'm not gonna let you get that ball across the field. And uh, Captain Underpants just kept, you know, making him angry. Yeah. And that you're gonna get you're gonna get the fire from Mr. Garvey, that's for sure. I yeah, I have to agree. So the quarterback, the detective for the Mighty Ducks, he was doing a little bit more spreading it out, sprinkling it. So we know that for the Toon Squad, they had a receiver that had over 100 yards and 113. The Mighty Ducks had a lot of players with around 50 yards or so. It, it seemed very spread out, very even. But of course we knew that the tight end, who year after year, just produces such great games, was going to have yet another one. So the, who is the tight end for the well, Mighty Ducks When again? it comes to tight ends, you want consistency. You want yeah. someone who's consistent in his quality uh. all the time. 
He's always up there. He's always doing well, and everyone always recognizes, you know, that was a really good tight end. He's a great tight end. And that's Mr. Feeney. Mr. <laughs> Feeney, he, his head's always in the game. He always knows what to say. He always knows what to do. Mr. Feeney uh, was was really pulling through in this game. He, he made sure that uh, his team was successful and got what they needed. I would agree. So a little bit about the changes in scores back and forth. So we saw the Toon Squad go up early with 10 points unanswered. And then we seen the Mighty Ducks score 7 points. And then a sort of shift happened. Then we see it be... 14 to 10 in the swing of the Mighty Ducks taking the lead. And then obviously we have a point to where the Toon Squad is down by 10. They need a field goal and they need a touchdown just to tie it. So Captain Underpants, like I said, took a shot earlier in the game. Many thought he was hurt. Maybe thought he sustained some sort of injury, but he stayed in the game and was able to get a massive pass off to which then led them to a touchdown drive so what would you say uh did you think that maybe he sustained some sort of injury during the game i think it's it's common for people to think as such but you have to recognize the strength that he has he's yeah. able to fight all these amazing super villains within the school <laughs> um and obviously if you're gonna be fighting crime like that you have to be able to take a hit and so, if it were anyone else on the team, totally would be concerned. But Captain Underpants, he's he's got the strength. He's fine. He's gonna okay. pull through. He'll he'll be okay. Many are wondering if him choosing to not wear any of the recommended pads, is, right, That's is true. of concern. Well, you know, he's he's making the salary. He he's just paying all those fines every game. He's fine. <laughs> so yeah, that was quite the pass with him potentially being hurt uh they scored the touchdown they try to do the onside kick with their kicker who is what is his name again on the tune squad yes on the tune squad trying to get an onside kick to then kick a field goal to where the kicker could have been if they would have got the ball back could have been the hero of the day like i said just fell a little short but who is this well yeah mr garrison (laughs) mr garrison he's you, you want to believe in him. You want him to be good. But in reality, you know he's not. He's not going to make it. So, unfortunately, this was one of those times that, you know, you got to come back to reality and see, like, oh, Mr. Garrison's not. He's not the best choice here. Should not have played him. Yeah. It, just a season ago, he was on another team, cut by them, picked up by this team he's been doing better for them but like you said still some inconsistencies that you saw lingering from his past team so that would have been enough to if if they would have drove the ball down the field enough to send it to overtime would have been even more points scored but this is the game final and this was the stats final so thank you for reminding me of who again did what you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) those were yeah, Captain Underpants and Detective and yeah, I'm, Garvey. I'm and... <laughs> surprised you'd forget such wonderful personalities on the field, honestly. And you call yourself the sports guy. I know, right? Yeah, on and <laughs> off the field, great personalities. <laughs> so that is it for post or post-game analysis. We have 27-24 victory for the Mighty Ducks. And who again was the MVP of this game? Of the Mighty Ducks? Yes. Well, Mr. Miyagi, of course. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, of course. Mr. Miyagi is out there playing his hardest every single day. Yeah. While many people don't understand in the moment what he's trying to do, <laughs> in the end, you you realize, wait a second, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And he's he's a really good um, player on the team, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. I, now that you mention it, I, it's one of those things. How could I? How could I forget? How could you forget? Yeah. Where were you when Mister Miyagi <laughs> got his MVP of the game? You know, a historic moment in sports history oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. for the week, especially early on. Definitely could be in running for MVP for the season. I sure hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so. 
But yeah, these were two Super Bowl caliber teams. They are both in the same division and conference, so only one of them can make it, and then a different division and conference will have to be their opponent. So this will be interesting all season long. Thank you for your analysis. You're welcome. <laughs> Glad to do my part. Great. <laughs> so next... You're going to tell us who the actual team was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. And for my two truths and a lie, I will touch on some of the actual players that played in this Chargers and Chiefs game where the Chiefs won 27 and beat the Chargers. They had 24. Okay. Awesome Thursday night game amongst those two. Like I said, both Super Bowl caliber teams with Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs at quarterback and Justin Herbert at quarterback. They may think he sustained some sort of rib injury. Um, as of right now, he's day-to-day. So we will see uh, if he can be just as tough as Captain Underpants. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, moving into our next segment, Two Truths and a Lie, I can tell you about a couple other players on the Chargers, if you will. So I'm going to say... A couple players and what their nicknames are. Okay. How does that sound? Okay, and I have to guess their nickname? Or yeah. which one's the fake name? The, yes, which one is not really this player's nickname. Okay, okay, that's fun. So first we have Keenan Allen, a wide receiver, and they call him the Talon. As you know, sort of bird claw. Okay. Tough. Okay. So second we have Austin Eckler, running back. Very strong, compact guy. They call him Pound for Pound. And then lastly, we have Mike Williams, the wide receiver that actually got 113 yards in a touchdown. They call him Big Mike. Big, What's his name? Mike Williams. They call him Big Mike. So which of these is not actually a nickname for these? These are all real players. Okay. But one of these is not actually a nickname given to these players. I don't... Man, I, I think of all three of those nicknames, Pound for Pound sucks the most. <laughs> but I feel like they would give that as a nickname. Uh, what was the first one again? The Talon for Keenan Allen. Keenan the Talon Allen. That is, I do like that. I like that one. <laughs> but I feel like that one's fake. <sighs> it is. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it is. It is I, fake. I was like... <laughs> Come on, they can't be that good at coming up with nicknames. Big Why Mike not? and Pound for Pound, like those are like easy to think of or like dumb. You Whereas think Pound for Pound is? Talon Allen, I was like, no way. <laughs> no way they were that clever. I got too creative, huh? That, that's what gave it away. Maybe they may you know, I'll start calling them that. Maybe it'll pick up some wind yes. some wind from this show. <laughs> All right. Oh, so yeah, that means you I'm are three and zero. Oh, yes, baby. I, I'm coming back this month. I need to win out. I do. Okay. Well, mine's a bit easier this week. I think. We'll I see. think. Um. So, uh, I just wanted to go the route of directors. Okay. And for my two truths and a lie this time, I'm saying uh, which movie was not directed by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Ready? Yeah. The Magnificent Seven, Pulp Fiction, The Hateful Eight. Um, I know Pulp Fiction and Hateful Eight are ones, so I don't even know if Magnific Magnificent Seven is a movie. Um, nonetheless, I don't think he directed that one. I don't think that's on his list. He did not direct that one. No, nope. is that a real one? Magnificent Seven is a real movie. Okay, it was like a samurai movie back in the day, I think. Oh, um, okay. In the sixties, and then they remade it semi recently in twenty sixteen, I think. And Chris Pratt was like one of the the stars or something. It was like, I don't know. Everyone like dies in the end. Uh, spoilers, but like it's uh -huh. just like I don't, I didn't really like it. <laughs> is it similar to Kill Bill? No. What? The the Magnificent Seven? It's well, like a cowboy thing. Well everybody actually. everybody dies in the end. In the remake it's it's like a cowboy thing. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it'd be similar in that aspect. It's more so like a they're defending a town from yeah. people and they they fight and then everyone dies, I think. <laughs> if I remember correctly. 
If I remember correctly, I think that's how Kill Bill goes. It's like one versus a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> the one It's like wins. one of those movies where it's like, yeah, I don't ever have to watch that again. <laughs> it was gotcha. like a one-off kind of thing. But um, there you go. You got another win today. Look at that. All right. We're at two and one for me and three and oh for you. So we do we could have tie. potential for a tie. We could tie next week. I would like it if we tied. And then there must be some sort of tiebreaker that either we could come up with or the audience could come up with. I'm sure there is. Too bad I can't think of one. Hmm. If only the audience would comment and tell us something that we could do. Yeah. Gee. I would say we came up with a <laughs> lot of ideas, folks. So Yeah, it's time for you to pull your weight pound for pound. <laughs> it's time for you guys to be the talent. The talent. <laughs> And come up with something. Be fierce and claw through our, our brains with your ideas. Become the big mic of your own <laughs> podcast. Just take all the nicknames. Every <laughs> single one. The big mic pound for pound Talon. Alan. <laughs> all right. All right, well, folks. That is it. We have another nail biter coming. You know, the Thursday night football game was a nail biter. And now there's two right. truths for a lie nail biter. Yeah. We're, we're running up the score, too, I would say. A th- a three and zero oh and a two and one. That's like I mean, really close, yeah. That's neither of us are really tricking each other. Yeah, <laughs> I'm much. gonna come up with a harder one next week. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I keep going too easy. Um. All right. So join us next week for the first time that we do our new segment. That's right. The, um, Devin's director's cut, which is a uh, taking a player in some sport. That we think there could be a biopic about. Looking at his story, thinking about who would play who, uh, casting it, and then writing and directing it. <laughs> actually, but walking through the plot and who who would be prominent figures in it. And I might take a different approach with this one this month than I'm going to take in others. I'm going to address something that was in the news cycle recently a few months ago and depending upon how things go this week for this player i don't want to spoil it but it could resurface in the news so either way we're going to make it resurface with our poll that we have in the industry yes (laughs) and uh this i i don't know if anyone's going to see this coming if you want to see a documentary about tom brady peyton manning i'm sure we'll do those eventually but this one is going to come from left field so Stay tuned next week for that, Wes. You'll have to also be on your toes as well. I'm trying. I will <laughs> I will plan as much as I can. <laughs> yes. Come prepared. Well, thank you, folks, for listening again. We appreciate all the interaction as well on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find me on Twitter, DevonLang32, for fantasy football, NFL analysis, and more. And if you're looking for fantasy football specifically as it pertains to the Chicago Claw and the Yard of War League, please follow Chicago Claw at Twitter as well. Wes, where can they find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at WSkimMilk and also on the website WSkimMilk.com for my other shows. You got this one, Freshly Popped, and Just Skimming the Surface if you want to listen to any of those. They're there for you, as well as other podcasting providers. So, Yep, that is it for this week. We'll see you next time. Have a great week. Yes, until then, folks. See ya. The Lang and Skim of It podcast is available on all of your favorite podcasting providers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at L&S Pod for updates. Thank you again for tuning in. We will see you next week.